0: History Notes. Welcome to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. History Notes reports on the people, places, monuments, and events that have shaped our society. Sometimes we examine what has occurred long ago, and at times we look at history happening now. Grab a pad, a pen, or a digital device and get engaged with History Notes. Good day to everyone. I'm Rodney Dawson, Curator of Education at the Greensboro History Museum. And welcome to another edition of History Notes, a podcast that I created uh, when I used to teach. I used to hate doing lesson plans, so I said, what kind of way uh, can I help fellow teachers create a lesson plan or supplement a lesson plan? And uh, this is one technology-enrich way to do it. And uh, so I like to talk to a lot of educators, uh, but the show is not primarily for educators. Well, I guess I could say primarily it is, but it's not only for educators, but we like to talk to all walks of life. And today we're kind of standing in the field of education and uh, in the field of history, you know, however, this is the Greensboro History Museum. So it's good that we have some folks that love history. Uh, so we have two students from A&T that made the great decision in life to become Aggies. And uh, I have Jonesy Cobb. She's a junior, you told me.
1: Yes, I'm a junior.
0: Junior at North Carolina A&T. Jonesy, where are you from?
1: Well, I was born in North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. However, I was raised in Atlanta for about ten years, and we moved back when I was in like middle school, like eighth grade or something. So I've been here for a while.
0: All right, okay. You enjoying it?
1: Yes, I love it.
0: Enjoying your time as an Aggie. Yeah, gotcha. very much. What's the What's the most intriguing thing about being at Ant?
1: Um, just the family oriented space that's here. I love it. That's very it feels tr- like home.
0: Okay. All right. And then we also have Teresa Davis. Teresa, I wasn't able to talk to you much before we turned the mics on. So what's your classification?
2: Uh, I'm a junior as well.
0: Okay. Now, where are you from, Teresa?
2: I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but uh, I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina with my mom.
0: You must have been like three or five.
2: My eighth grade. No, my eighth grade year. So... I'm still I'm like in between. I'm kind of new. I'm not going to say still new to North Carolina, but still adapted.
0: Okay, I'm trying to listen for an accent. I don't I don't hear a Southern accent. I don't hear a Jordan (laughs) accent either. You kind of in between. there. But thank you for joining us. All right. And and first off, I didn't know until uh, I guess we should shout out to Dr. Arvin Smallwood, uh, who recommended that you two are now members of Asala as well. Yes. All right. And uh, so congratulations on that. And welcome to Asala. Uh, we'll have to have some of them on, but Asala is the Association for the uh, Study of African-American Life and History. And Jonesy and Teresa are brand new members uh, because of their ambassadorship uh, to this program. But until Dr. Smallwood uh, informed me about History Makers, I wasn't aware. So uh, either one, uh, somebody jump in. Tell me, what, what is a History Maker? What's that program about, the History Maker program?
2: Um, so, so far, just being a part of the History Makers program, what? It has been. It's just, I would say, a collective of archives, like first-person archives from different history makers within, I would say, within the world. So you have a lot of first-person, first perspectives of just different situations that a lot of African Americans go through, and this is them just telling their stories firsthand. So it was just a a collective of videos and um, interviews of what they have ma- what they have gone through, um, just about life in general. So it's not all um, burdens or hardships that they all go through. It's just about life in general. So like the college you attended, um, some of the majors that they studied, some of the things that they studied, how they want to make change. It's just all different different walks of life um, um, and just different information that just bring it just gives you clarity of what African American life actually is, despite
0: what we see. And on TV. So so Jonesy, is this program primarily for African Americans? Yes.
1: It's um like Teresa said, it was just a digital archives primarily talking about the experiences of notable African Americans in their professions and their careers and their lives. Um, just to tell their stories from the perspectives of them as African Americans.
0: For example, give me someone you've covered or you've seen.
1: Um, for example, we have everyone from Barack Obama to people that have um, worked in small law fields, or people that have just tried to make change in their communities.
0: Don't All right, here's a test question: okay. Where did Barack Obama go to high school? <laughs> Not the name, the high school. The, the just the state.
2: Um, it was wasn't it like Ohio or something like that? Yeah. Chicago. No, was it Hawaii?
0: It was Hawaii. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. He, he he moved to Chicago. He actually left Hawaii, went to law school. It was it Columbia Law School, and then uh, then he moved to Chicago to become a community organizer. But he was raised in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the History Maker program. You've informed us on that. So you, you talked about people like, is there, a, who would be someone that, um, that you learned about, that you said, I would never have known that, about this person?
2: Um, I wouldn't specifically say a person, but I know I did a lot of research specifically on North Carolina a State University. Okay. And I found out a lot of just information in general about just the whole development of where a was and how it's coming to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some of the important people who just bought just a lot of contributions to just the overall development, not only of the university, but of the students of the university as well.
0: Well, good stuff. Good stuff. What
2: about you, Jones?
1: Um, I agree. I think it was a lot of my research stemmed from North Carolina A&T and a lot of things and that I haven't known, like uh, what A&T had to go through with, the riots and how, you know, military invaded campuses and it's not really talked about.
0: In not history at all. Books. 1969. Not exactly. at all. Yeah,
1: exactly. You don't really know until you actually go to A&T and dig more research, you know, <laughs> in freshman studies. But things that I definitely should think would be known in, throughout the nation.
0: And this is not a, I, I sent them questions beforehand and um, I am I forgot to tell you, I'm going to throw in some questions <laughs> okay. that I didn't send in that word document. Who would you say is North Carolina AT's most famous along? Jesse Jackson. Teresa. Jonesy says Jesse Jackson, Reverend Jesse Jackson. Teresa's thinking hard. Uh, I'm going to go with Jesse Jackson, too. Yeah. That's the However, first thing that
2: comes to mind.
0: But you got Ron McNair. Who else we got?
2: See, see, as soon as I hear A&T, that's the first thing I think about is the Greensboro Four. Yeah. But then I don't know which one of them do I actually mention. I
0: do uh, say the four. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? You know what? I, I stopped saying the four. I and mean, you don't have to, but I'm going to tell you why. Um, i was been doing some research about, I call them the A&T Four.
1: Right.
0: Because it wasn't until they, uh, what's the word? I hate to use the word notoriety, but most of the folks were against them. Uh, when they matter of fact, it was more than the ANT T four. It was Bennett. It was Core. It yeah. was students from Lincoln Junior High, Dudley High School. Uh, this this plan was in the works for a, for a while, but the ANT T four jumped the gun for whatever reason. And what made the sit-in movement different than any other because it wasn't the first, but what it made what made it long lasting or sustainable was they had been planning it for almost a year, and they went to Doctor Willa Player, who's the first African American. Uh, president of a four-year institution, she was at Bennett, and so Bennett Bales were highly involved, and they went, they reluctantly went to uh, doctor to Doctor Player because they had been meeting over at A and T, uh, and they would bring in students from people from core and the different the the middle junior high at the time. This is what they call them now, middle schools, but the junior high at the time in Dudley. They brought him in, and they said, uh, "We need to tell someone." So they told, reluctantly went up to Doctor Player, but they were afraid that she would basically dial them out and she wouldn't support them because a lot of the presidents and chancellors at the time were getting money from the state. And that's how the state controlled them. So they would say, don't have your people involved in that sitting movement or in that protest. or We're going to pull your funding. Well, Bennett was a private school. This is not a, not a but Bennett was supported, a Methodist uh, school, was supported by Methodist uh, churches. And Dr. Players told them. Uh, we don't teach our students what to think. We teach them how to think. And I'm not getting money from you anyway. So my girls are staying out there. The same um, entities went to UNCG because they had, it was a women's college at the time, they had uh, students out there. Went to the chancellor, Chancellor Blackwell at UNCG, and said, Don't have your girls out there. And he pulled them. Wow. So they were only out there for a few days. Matter of fact, the AT football team were bodyguards for them. For a lot of the students, the young ladies that went out there to protest, the ANT football team showed up, big guys said, Yeah, hey, I ain't gonna touch them. But uh, they got a lot of flack and they were considered troublemakers. It wasn't until about the mid 80s uh, that they started claiming them and calling them the Greensboro Four. Wow. But I still call them the ANT Four because it was ANT, them yeah. pushing it. So just a little side note. But anyway, let me get back on this list. Um, so we talked about you uh, the. I guess you almost answered this. Why was History Makers, or why do you think it was established? I'm, I'm going to throw this to Teresa. Um, or what's the goal?
2: I say the goal is just to be able to get this rich history out to people.
0: Um, like the 69, that the things that people don't know about.
2: Yeah, just a lot of information that people don't know about. And not only, I know when it comes to, especially growing up and, and going to school, when it comes to you know, education and being in classrooms, even though we get textbooks and they say, well, this is the first person, the first perspective point of view um, that you're reading. It's not really what, you know, it's supposed to be. Um, So I think this was just established so people could actually know the real deal, Mm -hmm. get the first hand and actually be able to, you know, dig deep and actually hear from people who look like you. And who are shared like or understand works for you? Because I know when it comes to especially African American history, um, it's ten a lot of I would say people people who are not of color they like to tell our stories, but they don't actually, they haven't been in our shoes, so they as- don't actually know what we've been through. How how have we gone through it? So it's just like just being able to actually hear this from African Americans and getting that. Guess that I don't want to say that. Person to person connection, but it's like when you listen to the videos, you get that connection. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Jones, you have everything there?
2: Um, yes. A lot of schools
1: don't really dive deep enough, in my opinion, into Black history and what African Americans had to go through, and their not only what they had to go through, but their accomplishments. And I think the History Makers does really good at making it an outside source for everyone to use, and it's in a lot of universities and you know in a lot of schools. So I think this is like an extra you know, way to get this information out there outside of the curriculum in schools.
0: And it's not just HBCUs. Right. Okay. Uh, And how do you become an ambassador?
1: Mm. Um,
0: Do you have to have a dean of a program to nominate you or see promise in you?
1: um, No. I applied. Okay. Honestly, um, for the position in the, a few months back in in like, I think spring. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I heard something back within a couple weeks after applying, and I did an interview,
2: and then we just got started to work.
0: Okay. What about you, Teresa? Same uh, process?
2: Same process. I kind I got an email, um, and I'm actually really interested in African-American history, so I thought it would be a good opportunity. So I just signed and went through the whole process as well.
0: Now, what's your major?
2: Um, elementary education and political science.
0: Okay. And what's your major? I'm uh, talking, I'm, I've asked Teresa first, now I'm asking uh jonesy what her major is
1: yes i'm a political science major with a concentration in law
0: okay so teacher possibly lawyer (laughs) uh lawyer yeah okay (laughs) um why history how does history tie into that
2: um for me Mm -hmm. as we all know the education system is horrible um it's actually devastating the way that education is put, oh, just put together as a whole. Um, and for me, history plays a huge role in education, especially the educational successes of students, not just African-American students, but all students who come from all different backgrounds. Um, so for me, I've realized that, especially as a, someone who wants to actually go into the classroom, it's really an important, important to, to understand history And wanting to work with different students every day. Um, It's important to understand the history of the students that you're working with. Um, And I realized as an African American inspired educator, I don't know much about my history to actually go into the classroom and then want to work with African Americans because what I've been told or seen throughout my years is just like I only see the negative aspects of Mm, African American students. So it's just like I don't want to go into a classroom and be the same way that my educators were when I was growing up in schools. So I just felt like history plays a, just a plays a huge, huge, huge role in just the development of change, mm-hmm. um, especially going into working with all different types of students, just being able to bring change. When you understand where it all started from, you can begin to understand which directions to go into.
0: Very well said. And uh, I, lo- I love your answer. I love your answer. I incorporated, I was a media specialist and I taught technology, but I always had a love for history and I incorporated history in every, just about every lesson that I implemented in the classroom. And I taught it primarily, uh, African American, um, uh, dominant schools. And it was important for me to incorporate their history so they would, um, like you said they would have a foundation and know that it can't be done there's a blueprint that shows that it can be done so it's good that you're taking that perspective what about you what uh, how does history play a part in becoming a lawyer
1: um so history history really tells a lot and it tells about the foundation of every field but law specifically um there has been many cases um Against and for African-Americans as far as freedom. And I think that, you know, it's important to understand the foundations of how they went, you know, throughout, you know, a racist uh, society and throughout a racist um, law practice. I think it's just um, vital for us to know how it happened, like what happened in history Mm -hmm. and how we can change it um, and do it in the law.
0: Okay. Uh, another very good answer. You, you know, everybody's talking about the critical race theory. Oh, yes. I'm um, assuming you all are familiar with that. Uh, I'm working on my, my dissertation and I use the critical race theory as one of my uh, foundations and studying it. I'm not an expert on it, but in studying it, it came from what they call CLS. Um, and I'm, I think it's critical legal systems is what it's called. But it started out as a law theory. And then it sprung off. There's still CLS, but critical race theory comes from that. You know, when folks read about it and really understand it, they'll, they'll see it. But uh, I digress. And uh, this is a good place to take a break. When I come back, I want to ask you about what it is to serve as an ambassador. How long do you serve as an ab- ambassador? And then what do you plan to do uh, with and for Asala in and, and the time to come? Does that sound good? Yes. All right. We're sitting here with Jonesy Cobb. She's from Durham, Atlanta. She's from North Carolina.
2: I yes.
0: am from Brooklyn, no accent. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, I'm joking. And I'm Rodney Dawson. It's History Notes, and we'll return in a few moments. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. To learn more about this podcast and many more, visit our website at www.greensborohistory.org. Now let's listen in to History Notes. Welcome back, Rodney Dawson, curator of education, Greensboro History Museum. This is our edition of History Notes, and we're sitting here with two North Carolina ANT State University Aggies. Yeah. And I know you were cheering on those Olympic four x four hundred relay <laughs> members, weren't you?
1: Yes. I was so proud. I'm like, yes, you better put Auntie on the map.
0: Yeah. Auntie, I don't know who or how long that who ch- the, the director of the track program. I don't know how long they've been
1: there. Yeah.
0: But they had the number three. Ranked team in the nation in the men, and the number four ranked team in the nation in the women. And what was tremendous about that, is that AT that Ante—I don't know if they don't have. Have you been to a track meet at Yes, you have. I have it. So you got my ass. This has got nothing to do with history makers. I'm gonna ask Teresa. Do they have a shot put and in, in and a pole vote and all that? They have. Yeah, they have. They have it all. They have it all. They okay. It all, yeah. See, I didn't think they had those events because I didn't see them in the NCAA tour- tournament. So I was thinking they finished third and fourth without the benefit of field events. Wow. Those were just all spreads. They've they got their points off of. But tremendous team. And you're right. They put us on the map and sent us to the Olympics. So I was extremely proud, too. They're very proud. OK, let's get back to the history maker program. Uh, of course, I'm here with Jonesy Cobb and Teresa Davis, students in North Carolina A&T. How long is your service uh, as an ambassador? How long do you serve?
1: Um, it's nine months, so it was from June to
0: April. June to so it's done. No, oh, Uh, this past June.
1: This past June to April, twenty
0: twenty. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. And um, who is it for? You know, when you gathering this, this, what do you do? So when you say you collect or you archive, what exactly are you doing for those that may not know? Anybody can jump.
1: Um. So, our role as student brand ambassadors is just to sort of promote the program of History Makers and to make it known that there is an amazing opportunity: digital archives for African thousands of African American stories um, throughout the world, and that you can use this, um, this source for. Um, school work for students or for teaching for professors or anything in between so it's just good for learning
0: so teresa you don't have to be a member uh, or history maker to access this or is this a, you need a subscription or how do you how do you get get the resources that you all are obtaining
2: um so if i'm not mistaken i believe a lot of universities like college students actually have access to it through their college Got um, not all colleges and universities, but if you was to go through like your library, mm-hmm. um, they should have like some some have access to the um to the program. But I know you also have the opportunity to have a subscription a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the subscription, I think it's a monthly fee. I'm not mm-hmm. like I'm not too sure, but it gives you access to.
0: I think you're right. So it's kind of like a sala where you have individual memberships. You can have an institutional membership. So what you're saying is you may have a library or a museum or a college or university that has a membership and the students have access or the faculty has access. Or you could be someone that says, I just want it on my own. Uh, But when you go there, I did go on the site. You can just pull up thousands of oral histories and uh, just all this information. So it's a wonderful source uh, that I plan on using. Yeah. Uh, I need to check. You know, I shouldn't ask this question on air, but I should need to make sure Asala has a membership. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm assuming we'll, if not, we'll work on it. But speaking of Asala, and that's another organization I wasn't aware of until a couple of years ago, Dr. Smallwood. He's the Dean of Political Science and History at North Carolina Antique State yeah. University. Wonderful at his job, great resource. He's a walking textbook. <laughs> uh, but he's, I think he's the one that first made me aware of Asala, but you both are now because of your ambassadorship of uh, 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 members, not honorary members, but full members, right? Of the uh, Triad Chapter of Asolo, uh, which is the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. I always have to look at it because I'll mess it up. <laughs> um, but what opportunities or work would you like to get done uh, through Asolo? And I can start with many, many, many. I'm gonna start with Teresa.
2: Um. I would say some of the opportunities or work I would like to do with Asala is promote. I know when it comes to African-American life and history, just being able to promote it within Hmm. the Greensboro community.
0: Um, So you want to stay here after graduation?
2: I don't want to stay here after graduation. Um, I actually want to go to
0: Baltimore, Maryland. You wanna teach in Baltimore? I do. Let's talk off Mike. But <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs>
2: but um not only the Greensboro community, but taking it outside of just the nation. Um, I know when it comes to African American life or history, a lot of people are getting miseducated or there's a misrepresentation of what African American life actually is or what African American history actually is.
0: Give me an example. I'm putting you on the spot, but give me an example
2: Um, I would say an example of well, for, for me, since I am an education student, um, I would say a lot of misrepresentation of miseducation that plays a role in African American life. Um, when you say example, what you mean?
0: Example: What have you, how you have perceived someone to be miseducated or uh, misperception of what it is to be an African American?
2: Um, I could say just the whole entire. Like, just understanding the, as African-American life and history, we're not, the only thing we haven't, we only haven't experienced burdens and hardships in life. Mm-hmm. And there's much more achievements, much more, much more than hurt and pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all ties back into what we're being taught in school. Right. Um I know when it comes to a lot of companies' vision of diversity, the first thing they think is slavery, oppression, and their main stories are Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. uh, my Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks, uh, yeah, right, the Underground Railroad. So that's where the whole um, that's, I call them the Black History Four, <laughs> <if it, laughs> basically. <laughs> yes, um, so I feel like that's where the miseducation and misrepresentation come from because those are not the only i would say history makers in in the world right um there's so much more people who just didn't fight for slavery but we have people who invented things people who who Mm -hmm. art, music yeah anything you can think about there's just much more than us escaping
0: educators pilots yeah you're right uh i saw you looking up something did you have anything else to add to that Um, Jonesy.
2: Yes, I'm just
1: piggybacking off of what Teresa said that we're more than what we were, we're more than being oppressed people. We have triumphed through so many different um, events in our 400 years of being here, and we're still elevating ourselves in education that, you know, is not really being, you know, talked about or discussed. And I think that the ASA, ASA,
0: I just say Asala. Okay, yeah. thank you. But you're right. A S so, A L H but yeah. Yes.
1: I think Asala is really good. And I didn't even know that it was um it was formed or founded uh, hundred and five years ago.
0: By Carter G. Woodson. I had no idea. Exactly. Yeah. And the
1: fact that we had no idea is really telling that we should, you know, promote right. this organization a lot more.
0: This interview's gonna be a little longer than what I originally said. You had something to say, Therese? Okay. Uh and and that's great. And in and, in and, uh, Full disclosure, uh, I almost didn't take the job as curator of education at the museum. Uh, because when I walked in, I only saw African-Americans depicted in uh, minimal ways. You know, when the, the, the myriad of the scope of who African-Americans are, who we are, wasn't depicted. And I didn't expect it to be. But I said, this may not be a place where I can work. I don't see myself represented because it was only as uh, in civil rights and not only, but uh, mainly as in civil rights and enslavement. And right. while we accomplished c- becoming out of enslavement and civil rights was a big deal, that's not the only thing we did. And coming from education, I had students that thought that African-Americans didn't prioritize education. I remember I had a class and I had this, I always did these little computer games and I had two teams. It was an assessment after I had gone over a lesson and lesson, and I had two teams. I wanted to see what they knew, but I wanted to do it in a fun and engaging way. So it was like a little computerized game, uh, technology enriched game. And I had two teams on one team. It was one white uh, boy, male and two white girls. These are elementary students. So you, you might run into them. Well, they old now. <laughs> and then the other team, I had uh, one black male, one white female and one black female. And so they were doing the assessment and the team that was made up of three white uh, children. Smash. They were killing the other team. You know, I mean, they were, it was, it wasn't even pretty. Mm-hmm. And so they, because they, I guess, paid attention. They knew the, the answers. And so the one black girl on the team that was getting throttled, she says, Mr. Dalton, I don't know that stuff. I'm not white. And I immediately stopped the game, pulled her to the side, said, don't, don't you ever let me hear you say that again. She said, well, I'm not. And I began to explain it to her. But she thought that to be academically, what's the word? To have academic prowess or be gifted in that area, uh, you had to be non-black. Right. And so that's because of the perceptions that she had uh, had seen on television, the portrayals that she had seen in the media. And maybe it wasn't emphasized in her home. uh, But that is why your approach is so necessary. I'm talking about Teresa. When you say you're going to walk into that classroom ready to arm them, but you first realize that you have to equip yourself. And uh, so why that's why that was so important. Uh, so I'm going to get off that soapbox and I'm, I'm falling off. and don't know what my next question is. We talked about Asala. You said what you're going to do for them. And we can say it's A-S-A-L-H, but I say a Asala for short, so um. I don't mess up. And how has this designation helped you thus far? And how do you see it being advantageous, advantageous for your future? I'm talking about being in the uh, History Makers program, being in Asala. How did how did it make you feel that you're a part of organizations that we didn't know that have over 100 years of history, and also uh, being in the History Maker program? What does that mean for you? How, did, how does it make you feel?
1: Um, I've always tried to incorporate my way into helping my community, being the African American community, and I didn't, never knew how to where to start, um, where who I can talk to. So I think that having this opportunity as a brand ambassador for History Makers. Definitely opened my eyes to a broader scope of what different avenues, based on just looking at the interviews and mm. watching the digital archives, just where I can go from History Makers and how I can make more of a difference uh, for my community as well as outside of my community. So I think it's definitely History Makers is definitely giving me a lot of
2: uh, insight on where I, on what I can do with that.
0: Okay, great, Teresa.
2: Um. For me, I would say the advantages of um, just being uh, an ambassador just part of the history makers is um, I'm actually working on and starting an organization um, that stems around educating educators about the miseducation and misrepresentation of underserved students um, in the education system. So when it comes to that, it's actually developing knowledge about African-American history and African-American life to um, so actually go and create something where I can develop a way to educate educators on ways to understand this is where your African-American students came from. This is how they've developed over time. This is where their family's from. This is their culture. Um, and understanding that in order to understand how to work with these students, you have to understand their culture. Um mm-hmm. So beyond, I know a lot of educators just in general, we like um, a lot of people are stemming into this fact that they're trying to understand what diversity, equity, and inclusion is, Mm. Um, but they're starting in the middle. So I believe that the bottom is actually understanding the culture and the history of the students, but I think educators are starting in the middle and just sticking with, well, we have to expand on diversity, equity, and inclusion, but what is diversity, equity, and inclusion, and where does it stem from? Um, so actually going out and understanding, well, in order to get to this step of diversifying and making sure that our students are equitable and inclusive in the classroom, how how do you educate yourself to know who they are? Um, and not just understanding who your students are, but cultivating your racial identities to understand who you are mm-hmm. and actually how to work with these students. Um, so just being a part of are solid and history makers gives me a opportunity to educate myself, um, to educate others. Um, because for me, I was miseducated when it came to history classes or just being in education in general. Um, so this just is giving me the opportunity to educate myself, so I can bring out this information to help others.
0: Right, and it's much needed. Well said. Very, very. You're gonna make an excellent teacher. Um, uh, but very well said. Eighty. I think it's 80 percent of the teachers in the United States are uh, young, white, female. I'm sorry, are white. 80 percent of 80 percent of that number are young, white, female. Yet 56 to 60 percent of the students in public schools are, mon- are minority. Uh, and so the schools are becoming majority minority, uh, but the teaching force is not. And so there is a hunger out there to have a better understanding. And to have a uh what we call diversity, equity and inclusion. But what she said was touching on that cultural, understanding the culture. And uh that not necessarily mean you have to become a scholar. Uh, but when you have a better understanding of uh how people work and black people aren't monolithic, so you know you're not gonna be able to read one big book and understand everybody. Um, but it's important to come at come at it from that aspect. And um uh so I like that. Now what about you, Jones?
1: Um
2: can you repeat the question?
0: I surely can. Uh, how has this designation, or did you answer it? How has this designation as a member of ASALA, as being an ambassador in the History Maker program, how do you see it benefiting you? Um,
1: I think I didn't answer this, but I'll, I'll answer it. Again, with a different question. So,
0: I think that In the field that I want to go into,
1: which would be uh, law and politics and law and things of that such, I think it's very vital for me to know the things that I want to fight for mm-hmm. and the people and understand the people understand um, the trials and era that they had to go through. And I think Asala and History Makers both gives me good insight and understanding what uh, these people had to go through in worse times and worse chronicle um, laws and what I can do to h- help change that.
0: Okay. Excellent. I can see why you, you all were chosen to be ambassadors. Do you want to hold public office at any time? you can see that in your future?
1: No. I I really want to go into um, law. And I do have a passion for politics, but I really want to go into law.
0: Any particular type of law? Have you decided?
1: Um, I was thinking civil or criminal.
0: Okay. All right. As a guy you should study named Kenneth Lee, he's local too. He's passed, but he's from this area. But look him up, J. Kenneth Lee. He was a local civil rights, he was an architect coming out of undergrad, but ended up becoming a lawyer and uh, did a lot of things here in Greensboro, helped a lot of people, but he'd be a good one uh, to study. You've heard of uh, Justice Henry Fry? Yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to be seeing him tomorrow, as a matter of fact. But Justice Henry Fry, he was an attorney. And uh, but Kenneth Lee, is the one who encouraged him to go to law school. Wow! And uh, he was one of the first. Well, Kenneth Lee was one was one of the first, but so was Justice Fry to graduate from Carolina Law School. Uh, but he ended up becoming the first African American, uh, uh, how do I say it, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court for the state. Wow! All right, and so he was the first, not one of, but the first. So we call him Justice Fry. But and Aggie uh, was. I think he graduated in the late forties. He and his uh wife both graduated in the late forties or early fifties, something like that. I can't remember. But steeped in law. And so AT has a tradition of putting out great educators, uh, and great lawyers. And I suggest uh that you look up Mel Swan. I'm talking to Teresa. Mel Swan is uh Swan Middle School here is named after him. But uh he was a longtime principal that helped um uh, uh issue usher in integration here in Greensboro. Uh, but he was a wonderful educator that uh, you sound like him with some of your responses. And uh, I'm going to talk to Dr. Smallwood and Asala. I don't know if you've read it yet. Have you all read uh, The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson?
2: No, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it.
0: I just read it last year.
2: I actually have the book on my bookshelf right now.
0: OK. Um,
2: I'm. I tr- am i don't know the last time I actually picked up a book and actually read it. So I'm trying to get back into the groove of reading books. Mm hmm. Um, so I ordered it off Amazon and it's sitting on a bookshelf. When am I going to read it?
0: Uh, I'm going to try my best. (laughs) Read it. You see, you, you, what you said is Carter G. Woods. So you, you read something (laughs) or y'all got like, like like-minded in some ways. So I do a
2: lot of research. So a lot of the stuff I do research, his name is always popping Mm -hmm. up. Um, so even though I haven't read the book in its entirety, um, just being on Google, um, parts of it do come up. Okay, and I've read it, um, but the book
0: in the whole, I haven't. Okay, so you have a copy, yeah. Dad, can I send uh, Jonesy a copy of the book? All right, Jonesy, send me your address or whatever address you want me to send it to, and we're gonna. I'll see if Asala has one, but if not, I'm gonna send you a copy of the book.
1: Great, thank you. Okay,
0: all right, and so what's next in line? I'm gonna start with Jonesy. What's next in line for you? What's the next big thing you'd like to tackle?
1: Um, I know it's a a really broad topic but I'm trying to narrow down where I want to start but I do want to tackle um, social social injustice within the black community and I feel that uh, Asala can definitely and history makers and just you know the connections that I make as you know growing up and doing all that stuff I think that tackling social injustice within the black community um, especially with now the whole thing with um, critical race theory mm-hmm. and taking literally parts of history out of parts of Black history and also Native American history outside of, like out of the curriculum so students would know. And I think that can only, can do nothing but harm. And so I'm I'm with Therese on this one, definitely tackling uh, miseducation and fighting against taking things out of taking essential history that makes America what it is out of history.
2: And so I consider that part of social justice.
0: Teresa, what's next in line for you?
2: I would say what's next in line for me is um, just continuing to develop my organization. Um, For me, it's just making connections and actually getting the information that I need. Um, So just being a part of History Makers and Asala would give me the opportunity to educate myself on the information that I'm looking to educate myself on um and also just being a part of organizations like this it gives you the opportunity to connect with people who have the same interests as you Mm -hmm. um so I know for me as someone who's only a junior um in college and haven't really been fully in the field of education Um, It gives me opportunities to connect with those who have, um, just to give a little bit more insight. Um, But I know just being a part of these two organizations just give me the opportunity to network and
0: build opportunities. Start reaching out to some schools in in Baltimore now and let them know you come. Uh All right. And I know I know a guy who taught there for a while. Uh, But uh, yeah, start reaching out now. And uh, But they're, they'll gobble you up. They're going to gobble you up, too. I might I might ask you for some money <laughs> when you become big and <laughs> big-time lawyer. You remember me? She's like, nah, I can't recall, Mr. dog. Yeah, no, <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. But, no, nah, thank you. And, look, we should work together uh, with the Solid and have these uh, two strong, uh, promising uh, A&T Aggies here. Uh, Jonesy cop, thank you for being Uh, A guest here on History Makers. And uh, guess who else? History Makers on History Notes. That's the name of this podcast. But you're a History Maker ambassador. Thank you for being a guest. But guess who else was a guest here? Virtually. Who? Jesse Jackson. Really? I interviewed him last uh, August. Virtually, yeah.
2: That's
0: crazy. That's awesome. And um, Yeah, we, we got a chance to talk. It was, you know, virtual, but he made me feel like he knew me. You know, he was just using my name as an example. And he told me he loved me at the end. Oh, and uh, yeah. So I was like, oh man, that's my daddy. You know? <laughs> but uh he said something that was very profound. I asked him the same one similar question that I asked you. What was most intriguing about being at AT? And he's a big fan of uh Dr. Warmouth T. Gibbs, who was the Chancellor at antique, who also said the same. I don't know who said it first, but they, they went to Chancellor Gibbs and they thought he was safe. And you know, at the time a lot of these black schools, HBCUs had, um, uh they were afraid to have minorities running them. But, you know, later towards the early ni- uh, 20th century in the 1900s and 1930s, they started changing. And Dr. Walmartee Gibbs was appointed uh, president or chancellor of A&T. And they said uh, it was written. I don't know if it's true, but a city council person was talking to someone with the, the state administration, the governor's office. And they said, well, what do you think of uh, Dr. Gibbs? And they said, well, he won't wow you with his brilliance, but he's trouble-free. In other words something happens there's a demonstration he's not gonna give you any problems that's what they thought now when it happened they went to everybody went to uncg went to bennett went to dr gibbs and said hey get them people off off them streets and he said we don't teach them what to think we teach them how to think i don't know who said it first dr player or dr gibbs but rem jackson said dr gibbs said it first uh wow but uh it, I said, what was the most intriguing thing? And he said, you know, he was a member of uh, Omega Psi Phi, and he used his fraternity as an example, and he used the students. He said, I could stand in a line and look to my left and look to my right, and I saw people that looked like me that were there for the same reason. I knew I had support, and if I was going to do something, I was doing it for them. Right. You know. And so you mimic, both of you in your comments mimic what he said. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for someone else because I can look to my left and look to my right and see that people need it. So I'm gonna get it done. So thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you for being a guest here on History Notes. All right. Jonesy e. Cobb, Jr. at North Carolina a Teresa Davis, Jr. at North Carolina A&T. and i am Rodney Dawson, Curator of Education. This has been our latest edition of History Notes. You've been listening to History Notes, a product of the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. Just as you visited for this podcast, continue to go to www.greensborohistory.org and select the Discover and Learn tab to listen again or learn more about many other subjects. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please stop by the museum when you can. We're located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. Hours vary, so visit our website or call 336-373-2043 for details. Once again, thank you and keep tuning in to History Notes.